Welcome back, everyone, uh, to Backstrap, Trek to Manliness, Episode 7. Uh, I'm with my friend Zach Niebolt today. He's a senior here at Hillsdale College, last semester, um, looking at law school potentially in the future. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing very well, Nick. It's a beautiful day. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Pleasure to have you. I've been wanting to have you on for a while now. Just um, finally got around to it after Christmas break, so I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, just to get right into it, since I first like met you, what was it, three semesters ago when I came here and was looking at joining uh, ATO, the fraternity we're both in, I really noticed, like, for lack of a better word, your confidence, I suppose, a very confident person, very like outgoing, and you can speak very well. The reason I've wanted to have you on the show um, for that very reason and I was wondering if you could maybe talk about that a little bit. Is that something you developed over time, or have you just always had that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you. I take that as a compliment, because it certainly is something that I've had to work on over time. Um, and I actually grew up as a, a pretty shy kid, to be honest, and I really did not like talking to adults, especially, yeah. because they were intimidating. Right. Uh, you know, as a, an 11, 12, 13-year-old, um, I really tried to do my best to stay around my peers, and now I'm, I'm kind of famous, as you pointed out, for, you know, kind of being eloquent and prepared, especially when talking to older people. Um, and I'm often described as having an old soul for that reason. But a lot of that developed through Boy Scouts and through uh, leadership positions. So I was in the Scouts uh, for quite a long time, and I was given the role of patrol leader as a second-year Scout. So I had just started off. Um, and I was thrown into this leadership position, and everybody was looking to me to have instructions as to what to do and to make plans with the senior patrol leader and other patrol leaders and that kind of thing. And so very quickly, I was thrown into a position where I needed to communicate effectively uh, and do so with people of all ages and maturity ranges. I uh -huh. think I was, I was 13 or 14 at the time, and I was working with our senior patrol leader who was 18, the other patrol leaders who were probably 16 or 17, and then our senior patrol leader, who was a grown man. And so that really forced me, uh, you know, kind of in a trial-by-fire style, right. to develop uh, the confidence to be able to speak to people, uh, you know, in a somewhat professional setting. And then shortly after that, after being a patrol leader for a year and a half or two years, I was given the SPL role, senior patrol leader. And so that forced me to do a lot more uh, external communication with merit badge counselors, uh, with camp leaders, that kind of thing. And so that really solidified my communication ability, being able to talk to people um, in that professional setting. Um, so that it really forced me to do that because I could either uh, practice that and be successful or I could fail. Yeah. And I'm too competitive to let myself fail on that kind of thing. So I knew that I had to develop those communication skills. And frequently that uh, is seen as uh, an air of confidence in the way that I, I speak and, and behave around people. So that was really the, the start of it. Um, since then, I've been thinking a little bit more about um, where that, that confidence stems from, I suppose, and how other people might be able to implement that in their own lives. And uh, I think a lot of it comes down to the way that you frame a situation in your mind. So uh, on the extremes, uh, it's, let's say we have uh, you know, courage and confidence uh, as the mean between the extremes of fear and cockiness, yep. um, which obviously are two vices, and you want to try to trend towards the middle. Virtue is found in the mean, as Aristotle says. Um, and so when you go into a given situation, let's say public speaking, you can frame that in three different ways. You can look at it as... 
you know, these are a bunch of uh, people that I need to earn the respect of. It's going to be very difficult to do that because, uh, you know, they are somewhat intimidating, um, very respectable people as it is, and I want them to respect me. How, yeah. am I, how am I going to do that? And you can be afraid of that, uh, or you can see it as a challenge and, and say, you know, this is going to be, this is difficult, uh, but it's an opportunity for me to exercise my rhetorical ability, um, you know, appeals to ethos, pathos, logos, that kind of thing. It's an opportunity for me to work on my craft, work on my skills. Uh, and so I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going to attack it and I'm going to do the best that I can. Uh, and then kind of on the opposite extreme, you have cockiness, which is uh, going into a situation, believing that there's nothing you can get out of it. You're already too good for that situation, really. Yeah. Uh, and there's no point in you being there. It's a waste of your time. And so I think that looking at uh, speaking engagements in particular, which I think is where um, the confidence that you mentioned really, really comes through, uh -huh. is in looking at social interactions as a challenge like that. Yeah. Thinking, you know, this is an opportunity for me to improve the way that I communicate with people. Uh, it's an opportunity for me to, uh, let's say, heighten the relationship between the two of us coming on this radio show. Um, and so in doing that, you have some confidence because you're going out and actually attacking a problem and trying to better yourself. But you stay away from being cocky because you can still see it as that, that growth and learning opportunity. Um, so that's where I would say the, the confidence stems from originally in Boy Scouts and how I think that people may be able to implement that in their own lives if they are seeking to become um, better in, in social interactions, public speaking situations. Yeah. Yeah, that really makes sense. I think it's important to um, highlight the fact that they're seeking to become better because if they really, you know, don't care, they just want to be um, more like persuasive in their speaking, then they're not going to be able to look at it as that opportunity to get better. And I think the, the mindset is a really important thing for, in my opinion, a lot of the virtues, but really anything where if you go into the situation with the mindset of, okay, here's a challenge, here's a basically an opportunity for me to get better, then it's so much easier. It really knocks down that fear that you can have at the beginning if there's no um, thought there for the opportunity. Exactly. And, and that really applies to all kinds of other situations aside from speaking engagements, which is what most of our conversation has been about so far. Um, the, the thought that you get to do something instead of having to do something, yep. um, and that getting to do that thing is an opportunity to improve your character and improve yourself, uh, really increases uh, both your abilities in doing that particular thing and, and also allows you to grow and better yourself from it. Um, this was uh, something that I realized going to the gym. You know, I would create yeah. a workout schedule for myself, especially training for hockey, and you can get up in the morning and you can think, oh, you know, I, I have to go to the gym I'm tired, it's cold outside, this is going to suck. Or you can look at it as a challenge, and you think, I get to go to the gym, I get to prove my toughness, yeah. I get to improve my physical strength. And if you really look at things on the positive side like that and see the opportunity for growth in every situation, it helps your confidence and also helps you grow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yesterday, Zach and I and uh, quite a few other people from campus got the opportunity to go to this dinner where... Um, we got to hear a speaker talk about virtue in his life as an entrepreneur and what he's learned um, in his time. And before I was, you know, getting dressed to go, I was kind of complaining like, oh, I don't want to have to go to this. Like I have to go for this certain um, thing. But then I realized, you know, that's kind of it's kind of a bad way of looking at it because I get to go and hear this guy pour out wisdom for me for for free like I and I get to eat a nice dinner while I'm doing it like that's a very good opportunity that 
not a lot of people have. And it really changed my perspective on the whole thing. Like you're saying, going to the gym with for hockey, it's it's a much better way of looking at things. And I got a lot more out of that dinner as a result. I think if I had sat there and been like, ugh, is it almost over yet? Like, I want to leave. I, I'm upset that I have to be here. I probably would have forgot everything the guy said. So that was a great um, way of just looking at things, definitely. Exactly. And I would argue that it's very manly as well. Obviously... Uh, as men, we're called to improve ourselves as much as we can and be the best men that we can. And so going in with that that growth, that challenge mentality, bringing that into every situation uh, really allows you to further develop your manhood in accordance with your manly duties. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, you're a second semester senior. You're almost out of here. Um, that's pretty amazing. How's it, like, how's it feel? Well, it's a, it's a strange mix of of happiness because I've enjoyed my time here at Hillsdale so much and I am so thankful for all of the the blessings uh, that I have enjoyed during my time here simply the fact that I got to go here um, was really the you know the work of the Lord uh, and everything really really fell into place as far as scholarships go and obviously getting accepted to the school in the first place to allow right. me to come here um, so there's an overwhelming sense of of thankfulness um, and happiness I really don't feel sad about it like a lot of people do. Some uh -huh. people are, are sad that it's coming to an end, and I understand that sentiment certainly, uh, but I don't feel it personally. I am uh, just riding the wave of gratefulness that I got to have these experiences that I've had. Yeah. And at the same time, kind of continuing this talk of uh, you know growth, challenge mentality, I'm really excited to get out into the world and try something new. Yeah, and you don't have to get out into the world. You get to get out into the world. Exactly. That's great. Exactly. And so, you know, I've been in school for my entire life. You know, mm -hmm. it's been 22 years, and every year I go to school, and then, you know, granted, I go and do certain things during the summer. I've worked in banking, construction, worked on a cattle ranch for a while. So I've got a, you know, I guess for a college student, a pretty broad range of experiences. But it all revolves around school. And so I'm really excited to get out into the world and try my hand at something else. Um, and I won't be nearly as good at it as I am at school because I've had 22 years to practice getting right. good at school. Uh, so I'm excited for something new to work towards so that I can continue to learn and grow and develop myself as a man. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to um, helping you grow as a man out into the world? Yeah, yeah. I, I love responsibility. Okay. If you couldn't tell, uh, obviously, uh, Nick knows my resume well since we're close friends, um, but I, I occupy various leadership positions here on campus. Um, I lead a goal program. I'm the founder and president of the hockey team. Uh, I occupy a leadership position or have occupied a leadership position um, in our fraternity, Alpha Tau Omega, ever since I was a pledge. Um, had a radio show for a while, various different, different positions of responsibility that I've held. And I find that you know, having a, a vested interest and a stake in everything that you're doing through responsibility um, is really crucial to me enjoying my own life and also uh, growing and being challenged to do uh, more and more things, take more and more responsibilities. And so I'm extremely excited to go out and take even more responsibility in the world. Obviously, uh, in business, the stakes are a lot higher than, say, a college club hockey team right. um, or a college fraternity. And uh, so I'm very excited to go out and have the opportunity to take on more serious responsibility uh, because that is, is what allows me to enjoy my life uh, and forces me to continue to move in an upward direction. Interesting. So would you say the responsibility in the various clubs and organizations that you've uh, taken at Hillsdale has helped? Do you think that will help you prepare for outside world? 
I absolutely do. Yeah. Aside from the the technical skills that mm-hmm. I've gained uh, by taking on these positions of responsibility, for instance, um, I'm now relatively well experienced in running a nonprofit. Uh, having worked as a goal leader for a while. Um, but aside from kind of the technical knowledge that's involved in that, it also uh, just lends itself to a kind of manly confidence, as we discussed. Having a wide range of experiences and being comfortable in situations where you have to take ownership of your actions and people are looking to you for direction. Um, and at the end of the day, if you fail, um, not only does everybody else suffer because of that, but you suffer the most uh, because you were responsible mm-hmm. um, for you know, performing an action um, or making sure that people got to a certain place on time, those kinds of things. And so uh, I would argue that uh, aside from the technical skill, the, resp- the willingness to take on responsibility um, and uh, you know, take ownership of your individual actions uh, has been the most impactful thing that I, one of the most impactful things, if not the most impactful thing that I've learned here at Hillsdale. And it's come outside of the classroom through those extracurricular experiences. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you took a, a leadership class here at Hillsdale last semester, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Readings and Power and Leadership with yep. Dr. Jennings. Yeah. Uh, I'm in that class right now, just beginning. I've only gone to the first three classes so far. So kind of talking about your responsibility, seems like you've had that for a lot of your life. But out of that class, what was something that you were able to apply outside the classroom that you learned inside the classroom? Yeah. Well, it's it's certainly something that I'm working on still. I'm still figuring out just how to apply uh, this particular thing, this topic of discussion from that class. Um, and that would be individuation. So uh, we've talked already at pretty good length about the various uh, you know responsibilities that I've been a part of. And you know, I take a certain amount of my identity from each one of those programs. You know, when somebody asks you um, who you are in a job interview, for instance, usually the response is, you know, I do this thing, I do this thing, I do this thing. You know, I do hockey, I do the fraternity, and I do the goal volunteer program. And those, you know, constitute your persona and your character to a certain degree. But what we talked about in Dr. Jennings' leadership class was the process of individuation, which is a psychological term uh, that describes the process uh, that a man undergoes when he determines his purpose in life. And I don't feel that I've found my purpose in life yet. And that's why I have such a wide array of responsibilities and things that I've tried here at Hillsdale, because I'm still searching for my purpose in life. Yeah. And uh, obviously, as men, we are called to find our purpose in life and do everything we can to be the best that we can uh, in the accomplishment of that purpose. And so I'm still very much struggling to determine exactly what I was put here for by God. Um, And I know that I am here for a reason uh, and that God does, in fact, have a plan for my life, but it's not yet clear to me what that is. Um, And so the the lesson that I'm trying to implement from that class in my own life um, is kind of a process of discernment, trying to figure out uh, where I should land and what kind of uh, issues in the world potentially uh, I would want to pursue with the rest of my life. What will give me meaning and define me? And that's still unclear. Yeah, very interesting. Um, So what kind of ideas are you thinking that might lead toward... um, giving you an idea of defining you. Yeah, so I've read the Bible a a pretty good amount in in this regard, trying to determine some kind of criteria by which you can determine, you know, what what your purpose in life is as a man. Um, And granted, this is all going to be fairly ethereal, you know, and philosophical, uh, because that's the nature of the Bible. But um, 
it seems to me, given you know the parable of the talents, for instance, um, and the the parable of the many members of the body of Christ, that uh, each of us has our own unique gifts and abilities that are in part God-given and in part developed. Um, so like the, the confidence in speech, for instance, is one thing that I have developed over time. Um, but I just kind of have a natural inclination towards uh, figuring out logical problems. And that's just comes from the way that I think and the way mm-hmm. that my, my brain anatomy is structured, I would imagine. Um, and so there's that kind of uh, natural side to things as well. And so the way that, uh, at least this is my current working thesis, the way to determine your purpose in life is to essentially find what best makes use of your developed and God-given talents and abilities. And so I have kind of conducted a self-inventory and figured out the things that I am naturally good at um, or have developed skill in. And uh, the my purpose in life would be the uh, thing that can create the most good in the world while also making the best use of those talents and abilities. And so I'm not exactly certain what that is yet. Um, I am kind of inclined towards business and law, uh, being a, a you know rational, logical thinker, um, enjoying the making and analysis of arguments, uh, working with words and speech, obviously, naturally inclines me towards that kind of thing. It, I'm still unclear what within business and law exactly uh, would be my calling, but it seems to be the thing that would best make use of my natural talents and abilities. And uh, I'm not one to spit in God's face and send my talents to waste. Um, So I kind of see it as a moral imperative to figure out um, what would best make use of those talents and abilities and go and do it as well as I can. Yeah, that's that's a good point to touch on. And the dinner I spoke of earlier that we went to, um, the speaker basically said a lot of that too. He was saying that it's important to find the purpose that God is calling you to do because without that, you know, what are you going to do with your life? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be much. Um, so that's really good that you're working to find that. I think it's it's definitely a very manly thing to, like you said, to try and figure that out just because that's the way you direct your life is with that purpose. Absolutely. Um, one other thing I want to touch on, a little while ago you went and slaughtered a turkey, right? That's correct. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Um did that, I know it's just, you know, you're going out to a farm and having a good time, but did it make you think of anything that has to do with, like, masculinity at all? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think a lot of my, my conception of masculinity comes from the performance of duty. Um, and so, obviously, we occupy, you know, various offices as men. And you'll learn about this in Dr. Jennings' class. This is also something he talks about a lot in his leadership class. Uh, but we have a duty. We have certain duties as human beings, certain duties as fathers, certain duties as husbands, brothers, those kinds of things. Um, and to me, it seems rather obvious that your duty as a husband and a father is to be self-sufficient and to be able to provide for your family, regardless of what else is happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the COVID pandemic has exposed, uh, quite poignantly, just how dependent we are as a society and as men on the continued functioning of supply lines from China, for instance, yeah. um, or you know, farm-raised food uh, from these big industrial farms. And so what I realized as I was there slaughtering the turkey uh, is that the most basic survival need of any human being is food and water. And if you are unable to provide food and water for your family without the help of somebody else, let alone a huge infrastructure of trucks and industrial farms and supermarkets and that kind of thing, what are you going to do if that, is the, if that isn't there? You know, how are you going to perform your duty as a man to provide for your family? Yeah. Um, and so... 
slaughtering that turkey really uh, inspired me to further pursue self-sufficiency. And so we've talked about this a little bit more in the context of hunting other animals, uh, because obviously you need more than turkey to survive. Yep. Man does not survive on turkey alone. Um, but I, I think that uh, that kind of thing, the slaughtering of animals, sure, it's a you know people are a little bit squeamish about it. Mm-hmm. It is you know a bloody, uh, gory kind of thing. But it is our duty as men to know how to provide for our families, and that is the most fundamental, basic way that we are able to do that by slaughtering an animal, because we all need to eat at the end of the day. Yeah, and um, it relates to part of this uh, company, Backstrap, where a big part of what I want to do is take men out into the wilderness or take them into these farms and go hunting and teach them how to do those things because it is an issue that men don't know how to do the simple basics of providing for your family. If everything goes down the drain, you need to be able to keep your family alive just with basic needs like food and water. And also, like, being out in the wilderness and knowing that, you know, nature's the boss and it's going to do what nature wants, but you need to figure out how to work with it and survive in desperate times. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that um, this COVID pandemic has really exposed just how incapable people are of doing that kind of thing. You know, yeah. everybody freaks out if they can't get their toilet paper. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you do without toilet paper? That's the question. What do you do with empty supermarket shelves? That kind of thing. And you're spot on. And I think that that is, is where a lot of the market will come from, because I think a lot of people, for your business, that is, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have witnessed this firsthand following the pandemic and realize that it's no longer uh, acceptable to continue to live the way that we have in yeah. an unprepared fashion. And so I hope that you will... Uh, get lots of people coming to you, Thank you. Uh, to look for that kind of knowledge because it is so important for our continued survival as a society. Yeah, I mean, you know, to wrap it up here, we've gone thousands of years without this, like, supermarket toilet paper. And then all of a sudden, you know, we come up to this day and age where everyone relies on it entirely and they need it or else, you know, they're going crazy, breaking windows. But, you know, just use a leaf or some rocks. <laughs> like, it's... It's really not bad at all, and um, yeah, it's it's good to know those things and uh, be prepared in in times of danger. Well, uh, thank you for joining uh, me, Zach. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you for joining us today on episode seven. Just to close with like a quick kind of quote um, that kind of relates to what we were just talking about uh, in the Bible: "The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." I just think it it wraps up this idea that. You know, you need to have this mental fortitude and um, ability to survive in times of stress because it, you're not always going to have that reliance upon uh, modernity to, to continue. So thank you. Have a good day.